0: USA! USA! The President has to have immunity
1: and the other thing is I did nothing wrong, we did nothing wrong. Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett Kelly and today on The Detail we're talking about former and possible future US President Donald Trump. The primaries are underway and meanwhile Trump is facing a whole bunch of civil and criminal charges. Former President Donald Trump was indicted by a New York grand jury in the alleged hush money case. It is the first time in US history a president has been indicted. President Donald Trump is indicted on criminal charges again this time by a federal grand jury
0: here in Florida. A federal grand jury has voted to indict the former president for his attempt to overturn the results of an election he lost, up to and including his role in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. He faces dozens of severe charges for over 100 classified national security files he allegedly kept after leaving office. This is the second time in American history that a president, current or former, has been criminally indicted by the Department of Justice. In both cases, that president is Donald Trump. What do these cases
1: truly mean for Trump and for Americans? Could he actually become their president again? Well, here's Scott DeTro. He's the host of a podcast called Trump Trials, which cover his many legal woes. He's here to make sense of all this, So what is the latest news from the Trump circus?
0: Well, Trump is still technically in a competitive primary race. Uh, Nikki Haley, the former South Carolina governor and former UN ambassador to Trump, is still running against him. But I think it's very hard to see any way that, that, that she defeats him. I mean, she just had a primary race against him in Nevada where Trump wasn't on the ballot, but none of the above beat Nikki Haley. So this is going to come down in a couple of weeks to South Carolina, her home state. If Nikki Haley doesn't beat Trump in South Carolina, uh, I think it's it's very hard to see any way for her to stay in the race. So increasingly, you're seeing everyone from President Biden on down just kind of assume that it's going to be a rematch uh, in November of Trump versus Biden, and Trump's going to be on the ballot for the third election in a row.
1: While all this is going on, while his campaigning is going on, there's several court cases. I mean, at last count, I put it at uh, five criminal or civil cases, and then the E. Jean Carroll lawsuit, that that trial is mm-hmm. completed, but we, we're still hearing about it, aren't we? So can we go through those?
0: Sure. Uh, the criminal cases are, are, you know, the straightforward thing, like, like, like they sound, right? Trump is facing 91 different criminal counts across four cases. Two of those cases are tied to his attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election, which led to the January 6th uh, attack on the U.S. Capitol. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're gonna walk down and I'll be there with you. Because you'll never Take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. Then there's a case in Florida that's all about uh, he allegedly took classified documents with him after he left the White House and refused to give them back to the federal government. Then there's this case in New York that was the first one of these to be announced. um, And that has to do with campaign finance violations, uh, hush money that he paid to an adult film actress who he was allegedly having an affair with. The charges
1: involved payments made during the 2016 presidential campaign to silence claims of an affair. Trump has insisted that he's done nothing wrong.
0: That money came in the very final days of the 2016 presidential election and may have broken some campaign finance laws. So that's all the criminal. Then, like you said, there's even more. Uh, there's been a big ongoing civil case over the last few months in New York state that has to do with uh fraudulent business records that the Trump organization filed over the years. The judge has already ruled that those records were fraudulent, You know, inflating the value of all his assets, everything from how much space there was in his apartment to Trump Tower to other ways that the Trump organization was making money. So the judge has ruled that that his company was fraudulent, and we've been having this trial that's that's been taking a while to wrap up that has to do with what the penalty may be. The penalty may be that Donald Trump, who was this iconic New York businessman for decades, might not be able to do business in New York state anymore. It might even as go far as to lose Trump tower, which before he entered politics was like the defining feature of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. It was, it was the core part of his brand. And it's interesting now with the way that his, his career and life has changed. It almost seems like a side thing, like Donald Trump without Trump tower. If you said that in the 1990s, you'd think that's impossible. Now, now it, you know, it's, it's not a place he spends much time anymore. So that's what's going on. And one of the civil cases, Lastly, you were right, there are so many things to keep track of. There was the the Eugene the Carroll defamation case. Former president ordered to pay $83.3 million in damages for the case. It comes months after Mr. Trump was already found liable for sexually abusing and defaming Carroll, who Trump mocked while he was president after she made a sexual assault claim against him. It also comes after Trump stormed out of the courtroom during closing arguments earlier today after Carol's attorney told the jury that he's a liar and thinks, quote, the rules don't apply to him.
1: What about this case in Colorado where he hasn't been allowed on the ballot? Where do we stand on that?
0: Well, the Supreme Court just heard uh, oral arguments in that case. That was the case that started in Colorado, like you said. Uh, it goes back to language in the U.S. Constitution that was put there right after our Civil War when the country was being put back together and, and this language was passed in the Constitution that would bar people who had held office then tried to overthrow the U.S. government by joining the Confederacy. It, uh, it said, you know, if you engaged in insurrection... You can't hold office. Now, Colorado State Supreme Court said, well, that applies to what happened on on January 6th. Um, Trump, you know, engaged in insurrection. Therefore, he can't be on the ballot. Another state, Maine, uh, the top official in Maine who oversees elections, ruled the same way. And this is an open question in about 10 to 12 other states right now. Uh, This made its way very quickly to the U.S. Supreme Court. We just heard oral arguments. We're going to wait to hear how the court rules there, that could go a number of different directions.
1: The direction the Supreme Court appears to be heading is in Trump's favor. Here's the thinking of two of the court's justices. I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the
0: United States. Uh, I would expect that uh, you know, a goodly number of states will say, uh, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot and others, Uh, for the Republican candidate, you're off the ballot, and it'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's a pretty daunting consequence.
1: But a decision, even if it's expedited, will not be immediate. It's hoped it will come before March the 5th, which is Super Tuesday in America, the day Colorado and a host of other states hold their primaries.
0: Uh, Given the fact that conservatives have a supermajority on the Supreme Court. I think a lot of people think it's a pretty high bar that the court will rule that Trump is ineligible. But I mean, the, the key thing and all the things we're talking about right now is there are all these things that have never been tested before, that have never come up before, because no other time in American history has a, has a former president been charged with crimes.
1: But even, even if he's not allowed on these ballots, is that enough to stop him from becoming a president? I mean, does it even matter?
0: (laughs) Well, um, there's a couple different ways you can look at it. Uh, Right now, the two states that have ruled that he's not eligible to be on the ballot are Colorado and Maine. Those are two states that if you look to the past uh, couple decades of presidential elections, uh, Joe Biden or any Democrat would, would most likely win those states. So on one hand, you could say, no, it doesn't matter. On the other hand, we don't know how many other cases would would be brought forward in different states. And we also don't know, there's, there's a world where the Supreme Court might say he's not eligible anywhere. I think that's highly unlikely, but it's possible. So on one hand, maybe it doesn't matter so much. On the other hand, you have seen an interesting phenomenon play out through the Republican primaries, where if you look at the polling in this primary race, going back to last spring, Trump was always ahead, but he was competitive with Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor and the other candidates who were running against him. He wasn't he wasn't dominating the race. And that changed the moment he started to be charged with crimes, especially being charged with crimes by district attorneys in Democratic parts of the country. Uh, Republican voters rallied around Trump. They felt like he was being unfairly targeted. And even though many people who would have been open to voting for somebody else felt that he was being targeted, persecuted, whatever language you want to use. And they rallied around him and they supported him. And you saw that actually help him politically. I think as we start turning to a broader national election, it's gonna be a much different situation because there's a lot of independent voters, there's a lot more left-leaning voters who are horrified at the idea of somebody facing criminal charges or even convicted of criminal charges becoming president of the United States. So I think, you know, we're looking at an election that everyone in the country voted on these people four years ago. They're two men who have been known in the public eye for decades and decades and decades. There aren't that many new factors. I think the biggest factor is going to be what happens with these criminal cases. Will any of these cases actually go to trial? Will he be found guilty or not guilty? We have a lot of polling data that shows if he goes to trial and is found guilty, that's going to sway a lot of voters into, into not voting for him.
1: Are any of these cases going to... Be decided before the election. <laughs> that's the thing, because he's been... he's been successful so far, hasn't he? And, and yeah. these delaying tactics—that's that's exactly what he's aiming for—is need to to make it all happen after the election.
0: Absolutely, he his legal team has tried to delay at any single at any opportunity they have to delay. They have tried to delay for that exact reason. Um, I think if he were to win the White House and none of these trials went to trial. Two things would happen. Two of these criminal cases are brought by the federal government. If he's in charge of the federal government again, he can pardon himself. He can order the Justice Department to stop enforcing the case. And those two cases would probably go away. That would be an enormous, enormous controversy and constitutional crisis in the U.S. if that happened. But he would have the power to do it. And there's no real way that he would be stopped. Uh, Then you have the, the criminal cases in New York State and Georgia. Uh, he would not have the power to to stop those cases based on how our government is set up. But I think they would probably be delayed uh, until he was out of office again. So are these cases going to trial? We don't know right now. Uh, we got a big clue last week when, you know, one the one of the big federal cases that has to do with his efforts to overturn the election in January 6th had been on pause because he had appealed. Uh, through the courts, this question of is a president, is a former president immune from criminal charges? Trump was arguing that because he was president at the time, no criminal laws apply to him. I think everyone who heard that argument thought that makes no sense. That's not how this country is set up. A basic premise of this country is that everyone is held equal in front of the law, but he still had a chance to make its way through the courts. And that put this, uh, this first big trial, which was supposed to happen, about a month from now, on hold. Uh, we finally got a ruling last week from from a federal appeals court saying, no, the president faces the law just like anybody else. You need to go forward with your trial. Uh, the question now is whether he's appealing that to the Supreme Court, whether they'll hear it or not, um, or whether they say, no, a lower court ruled, move forward. And all of this is confusing, but I think that the short answer is, in the matter of the next few weeks, I think we'll get a sense of, when this first big federal trial is going to happen, is it going to happen this spring? Is it going to happen this summer? Will it happen before the election? I think a lot of people in the justice system here think it is really important for one of these cases to go to trial to not have this hanging over to the presidential election.
1: And then if there is a resultant and it goes against him yeah. before the election, Will he be removed? Does that prevent him from continuing to stand?
0: You know, uh, one of the many things we found with Trump through the years is that that there wasn't something on paper to address something because it had just never come up before. There are so many places that you cannot. If you are convicted of a crime, a federal crime, you can't vote. You can't participate in the elections, right? But there's nothing that says a criminal can't can't be elected president of the United States. Article two of the constitution lays out three requirements for becoming president. You have to be a natural born citizen, at least 35 years old and a US resident for at least 14 years. That's it, no other requirements, no other limitations. And the Supreme Court has ruled neither Congress nor state legislatures can add new requirements. It has never been an issue before, but it is an issue America's going to have to deal with this year.
1: Really confusing, Scott. Uh, so, so just in general, I mean, every time one of these cases, you know, goes to court because it's one, you know the next chapter and then yeah. the chapter after, he's not there each time. He's not appearing in court each time, is he?
0: He's not, but you know what? He has actually appeared in court way more than he has needed to, and he's appeared in courtrooms in a way that typically people facing these criminal charges don't apply. Uh, the biggest example of this was when the the federal appeals court here in washington listened to arguments over this question of presidential immunity does president have a right to be held accountable in the law or not usually in a case like that the defendant does not actually show up Uh, his or her lawyers just show up but trump came to the hearing he went outside he uh... he talked to reporters afterwards i want to thank everybody for the fairness we've been covered very fairly most people agree that Uh, We're entitled as a president to immunity. And he appeared at at one of those civil trials we were talking about, the the defamation case. You know, he won the Iowa caucuses, the first step in the presidential nominating contest. A day or so later, he's in a New York courtroom. He didn't have to be there, but he thinks it's good for him politically to stand up there and make this argument that he's being unfairly targeted because he's a candidate for president. So I think you're going to see him continue to do that. And I think, honestly, if if he does go to trial, especially in this January 6th case, I feel like that'll be, you know, probably the biggest trial in the U.S. since the O.J. Simpson trial. I think it's going to be an enormous media spectacle. And I think Donald Trump will will make any effort to be in the center of that and be in front of the hundreds of reporters who will be outside the courthouse. And, you know, you're going to have on one hand, Joe Biden is going to be running for president mostly by sticking around the White House. And then you have Donald Trump running for president, mostly by sticking around a federal courtroom. It's going to be probably the strangest election in centuries here.
1: His demeanor through all of this, I mean, does he show any signs of pressure?
0: I think so. I mean, I think in so many different ways, he has had so much practice with this over the years, right? He's been impeached not once, but twice. He's been charged with 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 crimes four different times over the span of several months. It felt like every other week last summer we were doing live coverage of Donald Trump appearing in a courthouse. Um, and he acts like a victim. He acts angry. He acts petulant uh, over and over again in that civil case in in New York City over over the Trump organization. He he at times stormed out of the courtroom. He took the witness stand and the judge had to tell him over and over again, this isn't a political speech rally. This isn't a political speech. Answer the questions the lawyer are asking you. So... What's an act? What isn't? I don't know. After covering him for a decade at this point, I'm still not sure. But he certainly has the the way that he tries to spin this to his advantage.
1: it's oh, amazing, isn't it? You know what, Scott? What what is very interesting from the New Zealand perspective, uh, or one of the things is that the lawyers and judges we we know who they vote for, and mm-hmm. in New Zealand. Our judges are completely, they're apolitical. You don't know where they come from. There is no obvious bias. Well. Yeah, I mean, am I wrong there?
0: No, I mean, we know who appointed them, right? And I think it depends. Um, we know which, which presidents put them on the bench. And I don't think we know who we vote for, but I would just say in that big appeals court ruling that we were talking about on this question of whether or not presidents are immune from the law, it was a unanimous decision Uh, It was authored. All three judges wrote it together. Not one judge's name was on it. And two of those judges were appointed by Joe Biden. And one of those judges was appointed by the first president Bush. So it was a Republican Democratic split. When it comes to the U.S. Supreme Court, you're right. It has become hyper-political more and more so in recent decades. But if you look back at the increasing number of times that the court has weighed in on questions related to Trump. And, you know, there was a big case about whether or not Congress had the right to, to subpoena his tax records. The court ruled against Trump, and uh, not along the partisan breakdown lines. Uh, the courts, every single time Trump's attempts to overturn the election were ch- brought up in court when he challenged results, judges ruled against him. Judges that Trump appointed ruled against him. So I think you have seen cases where judges are acting like officers of the court and not partisan. But but you're right. I mean the. The court system in the U.S. is just like everything else in the U.S. it's become more and more partisan over the years. And I think that's going to be an enormous stress test going forward, especially in these big questions that we're talking about, whether or not the Supreme Court's going to weigh in.
1: Yeah, because I think, you know, surely people look at that and go, well, they're biased, so of course they're going to rule that way. And that undermines the whole democratic process.
0: Yeah, but I think I mean, let's let's see how it plays out. And I think several different there's there's so many different things with Trump that it seems like the biggest story in the world in the moment. And then you just forget it a few months later because so many other things happen. But there have been multiple cases where different levels of the federal court, Republican appointed judges have ruled against him on a lot of these key questions related to the various criminal charges and lawsuits and, and investigations of him.
1: Scott, you're you're so buried in this and you've been buried in it for quite (laughs) a long time. I mean, what's your sense of what is going to happen? Are Americans going to be voting for either Trump or Biden? Is that what's going to happen in the end?
0: Uh, I think the thing that I can predict confidently is that at this point, it's almost certain that it's going to be another Biden versus Trump election. Beyond that, I don't know. I mean, I learned very much the hard way ...covering 2016, the first time he was elected, that often political reporters' predictions don't pan out that well. I think there's just so many things that we just have no idea because we've never seen it before. I think the biggest question to me is, does he go to trial on one of these cases before the election? I think that is the biggest factor going on. You know, the other factors in the election... These are two very old candidates, uh, the, the oldest president versus the second oldest president. We know that that is a factor in voters' minds. There's been a lot of dissatisfaction with the economy, even though a lot of indications look like it's going in the right direction. And there's just America is a hyper-partisan place right now where I think it truly doesn't matter in so many different ways who the candidates are. If it's a Democrat versus Republican, most voters would vote the same no matter who the person is. Trump has certainly tested that. So I think it's going to be a close election, whether or not one of the candidates is a convicted criminal. I think a lot of people hear that sentence and they think that's insane, but that's just the reality of our political system right now.
1: And of all these cases, is there one that interests you the most?
0: Well, I think if you look at the magnitude of the different things he's charged with, to me, the cases tied to his attempt to overturn the presidential election and what happened on January 6th. To me, that's far and away the biggest thing. For all of the scandals and crises of the Trump administration, his attempt to be the first president to just throw aside our democratic system, I think, is far and away the biggest thing that happened.
1: That's nearly all for today, except to say America's comedians are having a field day over this. We'll leave you with the late show's Stephen Colbert's pasted-together interview with Trump from last week.
0: Mr Trump, how are you today? Incompetent. Everybody knows it. So, talking about the campaign, what are you looking for in a running mate? Me. You can't be your own vice president, sir. I understand that. Well, where do you hope to find someone that has the same qualities that you do?
1: Mental institutions and insane asylums. Okay.
0: Anywhere else? Hell.
1: The Detail is supported by RNZ and NZ On Air. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell, Gwen McClure and Davina Zimmer. Thanks to Scott Detrow from Trump Trials. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. Mā te wa.